When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming up on episode 238 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Ford Maverick, the Kia EV6 and Carnival, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, the VW ID Buzz is back. GM, PG&E, and Ford are testing bi-directional charging. Honda and Sony team up for EVs. Rivian is still struggling with production. And no more gas Subaru STIs. All that and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 238 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam with Wall Sandwich from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland, and this week we will say uh, Road Show by CNET. Good for them. Ooh, I am uh, Roberto Baldwin, and wait, I, was, I had a oh, Tom's guide. Uh, I'm for Tom's guy. I just did a big. I just did a big thing for them. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm half finished with the big thing I'm doing for them. Uh, so yeah, Tom's guide. And welcome back, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, Hope you're feeling better. I am. I'm feeling much better. Uh, uh, don't get migraines, kids. That they're they're <laughs> debilitating. Migraines are the the yeah. They're not good. They're not, they're not good. All right. Well, since you didn't get to talk last week, let's start with you then. Oh no. Okay. So uh, let's first talk about the Ford Maverick. I love the Ford Maverick, the little truck from uh, you know the little pickup. Um, I had the uh, Lariat, but it had the uh, hybrid. Uh, uh, Sorry, it's it's early because of time change. <laughs> Let's start over. Yeah. I had the Ford Maverick. It was awesome. It had the hybrid. I was in the Lariat package. I drove it around. I threw 800 pounds of rock in it twice. Um, it drives wow. great. I did a I did some 3D printing for it. I cut down a bunch of wood and shoved it in the back and all. Did, of did you print slots. your cup holder that you used in the video? I did. I printed that. I was going to print. I was printing a box that had Engadget written on it because I did the the article and the video for Engadget. And so I was print. I, I designed a box and I was printing it, and then my 3D printer was just getting all weird. And I was like, "Oh, I need to like take it apart and clean out the nozzle." And I was like, "Okay, I don't got time for this anymore." <laughs> so, uh, but if I had a Maverick, I, you could just sort of print anything for all over the place. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had pitched it as a nerd truck, and then once I got it, I ended up liking it way more than I anticipated. Um, I averaged about 38 and a half miles per gallon in a pickup. 
So driving well, around with pounds of rock in the back. I mean, that's with cool. rocks in the back. Yeah, just buying rocks. Also, you didn't carry mulch. I feel like that's still a. Fail. I didn't get any mulch. I don't know what um we don't. I mean, oh, I guess we, we need mulch, but I think we're we're in the middle of planting everything, so there's no point in getting mulch because you're just gonna have to like move it and dirt gets on top of it and then it gets yeah so we're, we're not quite to the mulch yet because we're doing a lot of planting where the mulch goes so. i couldn't even do planting I, we had snow yesterday i think the ground is still frozen solid except where it's a foot of mud that you step into unwittingly <laughs> you can get one of those snowing right now here so is it snowing yeah. oh god you can get a post hole digger you know those giant drills you and a friend those don't what are you guys doing when, this week? Those don't work great when the when the ground is still frozen. You you really need to wait for it to thaw out, even because uh, they're not seems like, they're not really sharp enough. Uh, okay, see, it seems like Sam's tried this. He's like, you know, we got to dig a hole. Sam, it sounds like the voice of experience. Hey guys, just in case you're considering doing <laughs> this. Curious. Yeah. It's uh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so back to the Ford Maverick. Um, I think I said in the video. Uh, no, I did say in the video that I do not care for regular uh, cruise control. I don't care about it. I don't ever use it. I've had it in a lot of cars. Oh my gosh, neither do I. Everybody loves cruise control. A little virtual high five. I never yeah. use cruise control. I, I, adaptive I, cruise control I I'll use in like traffic. But cruise control is just, I don't, I know. I don't know. Well, once, don't like. once you've gone adaptive, going back to just plain old cruise control that does nothing but hold you at a, a constant speed really seems it's like, why? Why, why did why? they ever do this? Dark ages. Yeah. People are like, well, what if you're on a long drive? I'm like, I don't know. I just leave my foot there, I guess. Right. Every well, once in a while, okay. on a long drive, like I have bad ankle. I used to skateboard when I was young. So my ankles are like pepper mills. When you turn, when you move them, they like crack. Ew. <laughs> um, so on a long drive, sometimes, you know, maybe once or twice, I will set cruise control so I can like, you know, sort of stretch my right ankle. And then I turn it right back off. So I'll, So if I'm driving for like seven hours... I'll use cruise control for a grand total of 45 seconds. Um, so I, you know, so I, it, it's, I think the, the Ford Maverick is best served as a, I only need these couple things and everything else I don't need. It is a, a utilitarian, awesome vehicle. You can just, I, all, I, I was like, you know what, the only thing you should really get the bed liner. The little spray in bed liner. So you don't scratch oh, it. Cool. Okay. Your, so you your, don't destroy your vehicle. Because when you're shoving that wood in and out, you know, the wood gets, you know, and I, and I accidentally, I cut a piece of a, of a two by nine instead of two by six to put into the back. <gasps> and there wasn't, you, you have to sort of like angle the wood in order to get into, into the slot. And so in order to angle to get in the slot, I end up kind of scratching up the top, top part of the inside of the bed, the little plastic part. Oh, and then trying to get it out was like a 15 minutes, like a 15 minute fiasco of just like, uh, uh, that's where you take the saws all and just cut the wood in half again. Yeah, <laughs> right in the bed. Yeah. Neighbors are like, "What's he doing? Oh God, he's gonna lose a finger." Um, yeah, no, it's 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 a great little truck. Um, good luck probably getting one because uh, every time I talk about it or someone retweets whatever you know what I said about it, everyone is like, "Yeah, I got mine on order." Oh, I got mine on order. I had someone follow me. I was on the freeway. I was going to Treasure Island where we did the video shoot, and off the way off the Bay Bridge. They followed me off that, and then they followed me on to Treasure Island, and then they followed me to the parking lot See it. of where so, I parked. Can I buy that off you? To, to, to just look at it. They had ordered one. This person, you know he's like, I have, a, I have a Tacoma. He's like, I do woodworking, so I have that, but my wife wanted something. We wanted a truck. This seems great, and then I showed it to him. I'm like, yeah, I really like it. He's like, oh, yeah, this looks awesome. He was very happy, got back on his motorcycle and rode away. You know he what, didn't that- murder me. 
It would sound crazy, except when I was at the um, Chicago Auto Show, they had a Maverick there, obviously. And I had someone who lived in New York tweet me when I mentioned something about it saying, is that just there for you guys as media or is it there? And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure all that's here is here. You're going to see what you see. He's like, I'm thinking of going there just so I can see it because I have one on order and I haven't actually seen it yet. Like, can I really see it? I'm like, well, I... I guess if you want to drive to Chicago, but this guy's ready to drive Chicago. He lived in wow. New York. Yeah. That's some wow. serious commitment to like, well, I probably should check this out before I wait. However long he didn't say how long the wait was, but I guess long enough that you felt like I want to make sure I want it. I'm going to drive Chicago first. <laughs> my, my next door neighbor ordered one in early October um, and had not actually seen one in person yet. And when I had one here for a review in uh, November, uh, mid November, uh, you know, he, he and his wife came over and they were really anxious to take a look at it. And I took them for a drive in it. And, you know, so that was their, they hadn't, obviously they haven't had, hadn't had a test drive even, you know, they yeah, yeah. had an order because right. they, they just thought it was so cool and they loved it. And, you know, they got theirs in early January and it's fantastic. They, and they got the, uh, um, the, what is the bright blue color? I forget. Um, like Arctic oh. blast or something. I think that's no, a, that's it, some, I think that's a Slurpee flavor. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they got that bright blue color, which I think is a, a great color. Have you ever, either of you ever? Bright blue color doesn't velocity cost blue. anything. Yeah, velocity, it, those colors, they don't cost anything. You can get the XL, like the cheapest one, and, and that's get that what they bright got. blue. And it's, it's free. It doesn't color. cost anything. Just yeah, like, they, like, they, got, they got a velocity blue XL hybrid. Yeah, it's like 20 boom. grand plus you know, delivery and, and tax, and that's it. So I have to. Have you, you ever ordered a car like that? Like ordered something you haven't seen it, you haven't driven it, you haven't set no, hands no. on it. You're good. No, I can't. I can't. That's not. Yeah, that doesn't work in my brain. I don't. That's what I mean. I can't even fathom doing that. I can fathom ordering something that I maybe have not had as much time in as I want. Like I saw it, I checked it out, I love it. It sets my heart to Twitter. I'm gonna get it. But just like it looks really good in that picture. Here's my money. It took three months for me to order this this uh 3d printer <laughs> because I, I was i went to like my friend who works at make magazine and i made him give me information i did all this for the 3d it's like 300 bucks so i can't <laughs> <laughs> so you're not gonna exactly make that commitment for twenty thousand. yeah yeah so i mean i'm fortunate that you know i have this job so if i do like something i get to eventually drive it typically before other people um yeah, but you know it's 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 a twenty thousand dollars car, so I'm like, okay, so it has all these little things, but it's probably not going to drive very well. No, it drives great. Front wheel drive truck, though, no, that's awesome because it rained here while I had it, and I think everyone who owns a truck and rear wheel drive truck knows what happens when you're in the rain in a truck is every time you put on the gas, you get a little little tail slide, you get a little some some, <laughs> and uh, none of that, none of that because all the weights up front, um, you know, the motors up front, the the whole. Yeah, it was it was great. It was wonderful. I really liked it. I liked uh um, yeah, it was uh I, I I went in expecting to like it. I went out thinking, man, maybe we should buy one of these. So that's oh, wow. yeah, that's that's uh that's that's because I was like, well, you know, we do a lot of stuff and you know, we're using the jag and we could put the dogs in the back and <laughs> in the back. Yeah, seat. I mean, there's room in the back seat for the dogs. Yeah, they just sit and, in the back seat of the jaguar, the, so you know, you still have your mulch and your stones in the in the in the bed. Yeah. Oh. So, and, so yeah, and, uh, and the, you know, the, the, you know, because the, the Maverick, you know, is it's all, I mean, you know, it's, all, it's hard plastics. We're not talking premium materials here, right. but it's going to be durable. You know, you've got tough fabric seats, you know, that the, the dogs are, it's going to stand up to the dogs without any problem. 
But you yeah. know, as cheap as it, I mean, is is not like luxury. Is the inside is? I think they honestly did a really good job with it, though. Like it, it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look like a luxury car, but it doesn't feel like oh lord, everything in here is the cheapest possible plastic that a human can get away with putting in a car without some regulator saying that doesn't count. You know, like it. It feels decent. The trims are attractive. Yeah. Even if they're not it's- fancy, and I love the the. Um, in the center console, I'm trying to remember, there's a piece where, like, you can stick, like, you know, your keys or whatever you're going to toss in there. And there's, like, a little rubber thing that you can actually pull entirely out. Oh, yeah, that little air thing. That little thing. And I'm like, that's actually, like, not that it's a high-end thing, but it's like you could have just made it a piece of molded rubber that didn't move. And now it's a pain in the butt to clean. Nope, you can take this out. You can tidy things up. You can put it back in. It gives you a little traction so things don't rattle around in there. And they sit in this nice little – that's a small little thing. But it improves your quality of, of like, your ride because you're not listening to stuff jangle around inside of there. Like, it's, cheap it's enough, basic like- but solid. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't have, like, when the first-gen uh, Nissan kicks, like, the door panel was just a slab of plastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and you get in this, and it's like, you know, they molded, and they added a little, you know, design flair to it. Well, and they, uh, got the, they have the cutouts and the, the armrests and the doors, so you can fit yes. big water bottles in there. Yeah, you can throw your That's giant cool. water bottles in there in case you, you know, we're, we're, we start rationing water and you need to start selling it for trading it for gas or whatever um yeah it's cheap yeah that's that's the way you actually ration your gas i have a a (laughs) jet full of gas a little little jar of gas (laughs) (laughs) it's a mad max mobile uh yeah yeah and then you know and i talked to uh this guy robert trapp about you know he he designed or he, he before ford put out their cad drawings which by the way are very difficult to deal with if you're just used to using like STLs for uh, 3D printing, um, he, he had already designed like the, the little plug that goes in there. So I ended up just using his stuff. Um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, I made this and this and there's there's a Nintendo Switch holder and he created like a wireless charger for a phone. And no, there's all these like cool little things. And because they've sort of opened it up to all, you know, saying, hey, here's this fit system, um, this Ford integrated tethering system. Um, so now I just said fits system system um <laughs> because they it's opened like ATM it up and, machine yeah it's like when you say atm machine because they opened it up to 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 the to the makers they started you know 3d printing other things because well, i already have the vehicle i'm already making something for it so that little cubby hole that's next to the the uh, infotainment screen like someone's created something that you can you know use fits for that or they you know they People are just going to keep making things for this vehicle. And so you have this really robust maker scene behind it that is sort of uh, growing as more and more people buy this vehicle. And yeah. I'd be no, curious I really to see if it. Ford incorporates that same kind of slot into other future vehicles. I think, I mean, I think they should. It seems. It's not like it's a complicated high tech. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, a, you know, changing the mold. Right into your car. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like something that, since it's been so well received, it would make sense. Like, Bronco Bronco would be great for that to incorporate oh, some right? of those slots. In yeah. That's what you want to put in your Bronco. Think about all the cool things people yeah. would come up with if they did that. Yeah. Yeah. The Bronco and the, the Wrangler are just are just bases for crazy add-ons. For all the crazy stuff. Like, okay, yeah. here's my, here's what's going to hold all my stuff. Wait, do you see how I yeah. do it? <laughs> I, got a sh- I bought a shovel that I'll never use. I'm going to put it on here. I have a foldable shovel that folds at 18 different spots. And once it's open, I can never get it closed like a map, but it fits. <laughs> I got this right. shovel. So uh, I have a question for you. You had the yes. Lariat, which is the top trim level. You got I had the Lariat. XLT and, and Lariat. How much was it? It was, oh, darn. You know, I should have looked this up. I'm sorry, Holt. Now, now you got to give me a second. <laughs> give me two seconds. Um, it had the, yeah, it was the Lariat, but it had the hybrid. 
um, and it had the 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 uh, the uh, spray in bed liner, which I think you know if you're going to get anything, that's the thing to get. Um, it had cruise control, which you know whatever. <laughs> uh, and Monroney. I probably could have just looked at my article, but no. Because the Lariat and, starts at like twenty six grand. Oh, so this one, uh, so it's the MSRP for the Lariat was twenty five thousand four hundred ninety. It had the um, the floor and uh, it had some non carpeted mats. It had the, the spray in bed liner, which is five hundred bucks, and then it had Ford Copilot three sixty, the additional stuff, so that it has like when you're backing up, it's it yells at you and it sort of helps you stand in in uh, in your what do you call it? Lane again? It's early. Uh, that was five forty, um, and then a delivery is like fifteen hundred bucks. The destination, so that's that's a lot of money. Anyway, at the end of the day, it was twenty seven thousand six hundred and sixty dollars. Okay, um, so that's that's not too bad. Yeah, so that's not too bad. So if you really want to go like add a bunch of like just random things to it, you can. I am I am very pro like get the uh, the XL. Who cares about cruise control? Um, maybe th- and um, and get the spray and bed liner, and then just be done with it and get, just roll around on steelies. You can get you can get any yeah. color. All the colors are free. Yeah, because you know I I've you know I, I one time I went through and priced out you know just to see how high you could get a Maverick. Yeah, and if you take a, a Maverick with the, the two liter EcoBoost and all wheel drive and all the options, you can get it up into the mid thirties, and. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily pay you know thirty four, thirty five thousand dollars for a Maverick. Because then you're looking at a Ridgeline, and you're like, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. Ridgeline you know, has at, at bigger, 20, more space. Yeah, you know, Ridgeline. Even, even a twenty seven, I think it's still you know I think it's a, a really good value. I, I still think you know kind of XLT with you know Copilot three sixty is is kind of the sweet spot, and that's mm-hmm. that's what I had. That that was like twenty four and a half, twenty four, twenty four, twenty four and a half, something like that. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot. And it, you know, usually, you know, with Ford's Ford trucks, XLT is is usually that's the one that's kind of the best Every, yeah. combination of value and 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 features. It's the Goldilocks version. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think, and I think a lot of people are probably going to get the XLT. Again, I'm uh, even though I'm the tech guy, that's like my jam. Um, I'm like, ah, you don't need all this stuff. I'm like, you can just plug in your phone. It has. You can use Android Auto. You can use well, even, even yeah, even the base, you know, the XL at twenty grand, you get you know the eight inch touchscreen infotainment with Android Auto and CarPlay support. You know, so you don't really need to do anything else. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what you're going to do anyway. So, bam. So you got so, you got navigation with that. So, yeah, done and done. So yeah, Ford Maverick, a uh, big fan. Um, I feel like it's going to be super difficult to get a hold of one now. Um, because a people like them, and b um, now that the price of gas has gone up, and uh, we also have, of course, the fact that you know we have a uh, chip shortages, and supply chain issues, and now there's a war, and it's just yeah, it's, it's well, I think I woo. seem to recall, I think that they've stopped taking orders for 2022 models because uh, they've, they've you know the order book's full, you know, so now at some point in the next few weeks or a month or so, they'll start taking orders for 2023s. Um, I, I really hope that this sort of gets under the skin of a lot of other automakers. And then we, I know we have the Santa Cruz, which is great. Um, but I think they're, they're, other automakers need to kind of look and be like, oh, oh, we've sort of ignored this, like, this entire segment for years. 
And it turns out people really wanted. I I would have people before the more Maverick was announced, and I was like, "Where do you?" This is when I worked at Car Driver. Where do you? I work at Car Driver. Like, why can't I get a small truck? I just want a small truck. I'm like, well, there's original. I know. I mean, smaller. Like, you remember the '90s? You yeah. get a small truck. Well, I'm I mean, like, yeah. They're like, why can't I get a small truck? And I'm like, I don't know because it seems like you and a bunch of other people want that. Well, all all, all through college, I drove an '84 GMC S15, you know, which was <laughs> even you know smaller than this. You know, and it was one of those stripper models. You know, it was just a regular cab, came from the factory with a bench seat, no air conditioning, manual crank windows, uh, you know, no radio. You know, it had I had a, I put in a radio and eventually found a, a set of bucket seats from from a, uh, a scrapyard and put those in. Uh, you know, but you know, had the manual transmission and actually I did put cruise control on that because I had to do a lot of long drives back and uh- forth. So, oh, did you get school. it from the factory, or did you get the J.C. Whitney one? <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't J.C. Whitney, but it was it was an aftermarket system that you know I had to install an actuator on the on the throttle cable and put a little magnet on the drive shaft and set up the the little pickup so I could figure out what the speed was and calibrate it, ha- it and everything. Did it have a little dial in the car, like a yep. little box with the dial? Yeah. I remember well, that. it was it was actually one that clamped onto the turn signal stock. Oh, that is so, fancy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's, that, you know, back in the 80s, that was the sort of thing we did, you know. Because yeah, we didn't. There were no a lot laws. of cars didn't come with those kinds of features. I, yeah, the, the, the idea that, that I think people don't realize uh, who are buying cars now who, didn't, who weren't around, like, yeah, you did, cars just didn't have air conditioning. Like, you had to pay money for it. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to be cold when it was hot outside, you had to pay a lot of money. <laughs> and most people just like, nah, I just rolled down the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did I drive? Oh, I drove the uh, the the Kia EV6. Um, this is the second time I you know I did the first drive. I did a review of it for the Verge, and it is uh, still outstanding. It's just such a a, a great little EV. I'm going to keep calling it a wagon. Um, they're going to call a crossover. I like to think that it's a, a return of wagons, and it's a wagon EV. And I can't say enough nice things about it. Um, it is just it's comfortable to ride around in. It's great, you know. It it rides well. Um, I still I, and I feel like people are there. I think this feels like this is sort of a, a uh, some contention. Some people think the EV6 rides better is is better rides better than the Ionic Five. I think it's the other way around. I think the Ionic Five has less body roll, but. Um, Having driven both, but now, now, but then some friends are like, no, I think the EV6 rides better, and I think the Ionic 5 has more body roll. So now I feel like I have to get both of them in at some point. Get them at um, the same time. What do you think? Have you at driven this- both of them yet, Sam? I have not yet driven the EV6. Uh, they uh, didn't get uh, to go to the, the drive, and they haven't had them in the local fleet yet. So hopefully, soon. I like the EV6. I think I like the EV6 better of the two. I think a little ride. I, that was my. I'm trying to think. I'm like, do I remember a significant difference between them though? Is there a significant difference? Do you think? The, well, the EV6 mechanically they're identical. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're, they're the, like the same car. But right. the, and it really comes down to which. And again, this is me driving very fast on very technical roads with that EV6 mm-hmm. drive program. Remember, right. you were on the yeah, yeah, that I was a it, real, yeah. that was like I'm like what this is a this is a stinger drive program. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm like this is an odd choice for this vehicle, but I you know yeah it was kind it was of a fun drive. It was very fun, but it did make you work for it. Like it's, yeah, the Hyundai the Ionic Five was not as technical. So yeah, like, you just kind of cruise around Southern California, la, 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 right? So they were a little <laughs> different. So um, 
Yeah, very different drive programs. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, we'll we'll maybe if I'd had the Ionic Five on those roads, um, I would have maybe been the same. Maybe it would have been less. Who knows? Either way, I feel like either one you buy, you're going to be happy. It really comes, and I think it really comes down to to design. Like, what do you want? Because the styles are very different. I, you know, what I love that the the um, Ionic Five. All the little, oh, what do they call them? Pixels, little squares, little teeny mm-hmm. squares everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think some part of it makes me feel like I've sat down in a 19, like 85 video game or something. All these <laughs> squares everywhere. That's Minecraft. I, yeah. yeah. I like, I, I like how that looks just because I think it also looks, it just looks different. I it love does. how it looks on the outside of the car. Like it's strikingly different. It's, it's unique. I'm like, I, that appeals to me. It makes it stand out a little bit from the crowds. So. Yes. Yes. I think it, it, it doesn't look like all group. the other crossovers. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it looks like a '90s uh, hatchback, pixel retro, yeah, futuristic it, vehicle. Fun. I I like. Yeah, it looks like a design student who was like at top of the class designed a car, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Oh, they'll never make it. And Hyundai's like, "Hold on." Like, wait, hold. Yeah, we'll hold, <laughs> hold that my for you. hold my beer. I got this. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a uh, uh, you know lots of if you have a family, um, lots of uh, leg room for a tall person in the back. Um, mm-hmm. Plus you still have room for to throw your stuff in. Both of these vehicles are much bigger than you think they are. The EV6 is about the same yeah. size as a three series. They're very um, TARDIS like they look very small. And then you sit down and say like, there's a lot more room in here than you think there is. I, when I um, had to sit in the back seat for a while on the Hyundai program, it was, I was on and the front seat was pushed all the way back. Someone was trying to do video and I was kind of like hiding. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The hide, like, Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Hide, like your passenger side is far back in the right corner as you can get in the back of the car. And he had the seat pushed all the way back. And he's just thinking like, gosh, I am actually, sometimes you are actually squished. And I'm like, I'm totally fine back here. This is, yeah. this is fine. And you would never drive with the seat that far back unless you were a giant. Well, you might Rob Roberto. I, might, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Normal people wouldn't. Normal. That's that, that's my little caveat whenever I talk about research. Well, if you sit behind a tall person, yeah. it's going to be tough. Yeah. But then, yeah, I had the EV6. Uh, I had the seat all the way back for me, and I got in the back seat, and I didn't have to move my seat forward or anything. And yeah. and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I put the little Very seat back. Very roomy. Like, oh, nice. Do you think they're, do you look like, oh, these might be a little bit small. No, open the door, take nope. a seat. It's, it's an optical illusion. The wheels are pushed out really far, and then it's the design. So it's sort of, yeah, it, it tricks you. Even when you're in front of it, until you get right up, like super close to it, it still seems smaller than it is. Much smaller than it and is. The trick. And, and for what it's worth, the EV6 actually is. It's strangely enough, it looks it when you look at it in isolation, it actually looks like it might be a little bigger than the Ionic Five. The Ionic Five, because of its shape, looks smaller. <laughs> but the the EV6 is actually smaller. Um, it has about four inches less wheelbase than okay. the Ionic Five, um, which is I mean, it's still you know 114 inch wheelbase. It's still that's a Big. lot of wheelbase for, yeah. for that size, uh, but it is it is marginally smaller than the uh, than the Hyundai. It is, yeah, I got we got into the EV6 and we were driving around. My wife, we got in and she's she's like, oh, this is really nice. I'm like, yeah, this is the same. You know, it's the Ionic. She hasn't seen the Ionic Five yet, um, and she's like, well, why didn't we get this? <laughs> like within like a few minutes, and most of the time she gets into a car. She's like, yeah, this is fine, whatever. She's you know. Doesn't care. But when, when she likes the car, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, it wasn't ready yet. She's like, oh, all right. Okay. And she, you know, she likes her. I'm like, do you not like your car? She's like, no, no, I like my car. This just seems way better. Yeah. <laughs> if I'd known I could get this. She's like, yeah. what is this? I thought you were a car guy. I would have made do with that X-Type for a few more months if I could have gotten this instead. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole. <laughs> Getting trapped in a bad neighborhood at one in the morning yeah, okay. doesn't make it for, yeah, the X-Type is the X-Type. <laughs> it is what it is. So anyway, yeah, I, drove, I, I was fortunate. I drove two really nice cars, two cars I really like, two cars that, uh, again, I'd probably go with the Ionic 5 just because of design. Um, but, you know, same thing. So we'll see. Good times. Great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nicole, what about you? Yeah. Uh, the car I drove is worth more than both of the cars that Robbie drove put together two or three times over. Um, I was in... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe twice. You could buy many, several of those or one of these. The 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer Series 3 4x4. Um, it's the return of the Grand Wagoneer, which we had one of these when I was 12. So we had an, wow. uh, yeah, um, my parents bought it. It was uh, burgundy with the f- genuine faux wood paneling on the outside because, yeah. you know, why would well, you, you wouldn't want the fake wo- faux wood paneling? Right. You, you want, want the, the genuine, genuine faux wood. Yeah. So, uh, and my mom loved that car. My mom is uh, five foot one. So to get behind the wheel of a car that big, she suddenly feels like I own the road. She loved that thing. I think she probably cried when she got rid of it. She was really sad. So I actually took my mom out to lunch, who is now 84 and had to use a little step to get up because it's too high Aww. when you lower the ride height. She was in heaven. She's like, this is so much nicer. Oh, this is like, she was so excited to ride in this car. So I was super excited to be able to take her out for a drive in it and take her out to lunch. Um, one of the things I noticed talking about that, the, the steps, so they have the deployable step. It's really wide, which is awesome. Cause if you're using that because somebody's, trying to get in like somebody who's older or even kids because you need to get, sometimes those steps are very tiny and they don't feel very secure. This is like, you can put your foot on this and like stand on it and both your feet are completely on it. Like your heels not hanging on the edge of the step. It's very, very wide. Everything about the Wagoneer is wide. It's big, yes. Everything is wide. Um, So I liked that feature. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a neat feature that, you know, until you've tried to put, get up onto a car or have to help somebody up or help kids up, you don't realize how a narrow step is really a pain in the butt, but a nice wide step makes like, it easier for everybody. Yeah. Your foot and, slips yeah. off because yeah, it's, like, you ever it's watched, like, like the ball watched, of your foot. Yeah. yeah. And if you're watching a kid go to step on it and they misjudge and when they're really narrow, their foot goes through like under, yeah. like I've seen kids oh. do splits. It's yeah. So having a nice wide step plus one. Uh, so I really like that. Um, as far as the power behind this thing, it is a 6.4 liter V8 engine with 471 horsepower and 455 pound-feet of torque. And it feels like this amazing beast when you drive it. If you mash that gas pedal on the highway because you're trying to uh, navigate heavy traffic, 
it is just fantastic. It's not that like sports car acceleration that's aggressive and angry and like makes you, but it is like, get out of my way. It is so, it is so strong and so beefy. It's fantastic to drive this. Um, it does, however, feel like you were taking not just your lane, but all the lanes. Like, nope, <laughs> it's not my lane that's mine. This highway is mine. Move out of the way every other lane in the highway. It feels huge, which can make it a little bit of a challenge in, you know, parking lots. I, I, I drove by many a parking space because I just thought I don't even trust myself to be able to get into that spot. And then once I get in, I'm not entirely sure that I can get out because there's so little room left on just either like, side. You gotta get out to the trunk. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just going to crawl out the hatchback, crawl over the two rows of seating behind you and, and like crawl out the back of the Grand Wagoneer. Uh, so it is big. So you have to be used to it being big when they, um, did this launch they did it in new york city and they had us drive that in new york city oh good driving, great. driving down the hudson parkway and that thing oh, was nerve-wracking it was nerve-wracking and you know it's just as i mean i'm you know in rural new hampshire it's just as nerve-wracking here when you get on the highway or get into narrower spots it is you have to be really comfortable driving a big car everything about this is big if you're going to say one thing about the jeep grand wagoneer big that would well, be it's 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 four inches wider than a Ford Expedition and about three inches wider than a Suburban. Yeah. So, and those are not so, small. So, yeah. So those. it is like, we will outbig everybody. Um, inside though, it out luxuries everybody. It is absolutely beautiful. Well, it's grand. It's grand inside. It has two, like an extra screen. You get a screen as the front passenger where you can control select functions on the vehicle. It has wood trims. There's this nifty little, it's like metal thing this is grand wagoneer and it's not like embossed but like laid into the front on the dashboard where the wood is there's wood on the center console the leathers are beautiful and plush there's all this contrast stitching there is not a single spot that you look in this vehicle from the floor mats to the headliner that you don't think luxury car luxury car luxury car everything in this is absolutely beautiful so on that front if you're looking for a luxury suv it nails it. I mean, there's no doubt you feel that. And then, of course, it has the capability of a Jeep. This has got four-wheel drive. Now, I did not – there is no way on God's green earth that I would take this car by itself without an OEM off-road at all because I feel like if I did any damage to it, like that scratch just cost you $10,000. Not doing that. But it does have the capability. We, you know, like what? There's a point where you're just like, I can't. I can't. Wouldn't do it. And we have so much snow on the ground and mud I feel like between the snow and mud, it's just a, a bad call in a Grand Wagoneer for me right now. But you could. I mean, you could if you wanted to. It definitely has a capability, which is kind of what makes this special. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to spend, just, you know, grand total, $100,800. Oh, my God. That is way more than both of the cars I had. You yes. buy both. Wait. So both of the cars I had, let's say. 40, how much were they together? 45. 60. Let's just go up to 70. Let's just round up to 70, maybe 75. For the two of them, so you so could almost half them. again as much for yeah. more, a little more uh -huh. than that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, completely different target markets, but so it's expensive. So you're paying a lot for it. I don't know how many people are going to buy this and are actually planning on off-roading in the weekend. I kind of feel like if you buy this, um, you actually also have a Wrangler, and that's where you should go off-roading on the weekend. Yeah. That's like cool. the G wagon people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's a lot to recommend this. I I, I well, don't you know if you need to go out on the you know in the back. 40 of the estate, you know, right. to check something out. You right. You're going to shoot pheasants or something. <laughs> yeah. You got to go check on the, you got to go check on your, your, your ranch hands. 
right. Yeah, right. Make sure you don't want to eat it. I'm not going to get in the Jeep. It's dusty and messy. Dusty. I need the comfort. I'm going to take this onto the little dirt roads and the. I, I'll know I'll be fine if I get so stuck in a walk. You know, and I, it's neat that they brought it back. I, mean, I don't remember exactly when it was discontinued, but it's been a while. I mean, my parents brought theirs in 1982. So it's. Uh, it's been. It was 30 years. It was 1992. That they 92 when they say, okay, so it's yeah. been a while since it's been around. And, you know, the, the thing that I suppose will kill you now is the gas prices, like suddenly t- to put the gas in this, this would kill you. I don't have the fuel economy on. Oh, no, here we do. Uh, 13 city, 18 <laughs> highway. Well, Which, yeah. How much is it going to cost you to fuel this thing right now? Like, a lot. oh, my God, a lot. Did you get I, mean, two I, loans? I, I, I drove the, the, the regular wagon here, not the grand one. So it only had the yeah. 5.7 liter Hemi in it. To yeah. Indianapolis last October. Only yes. Yeah, and you know, on a 600 mile round trip highway drive, it you know it averaged just over 17. Yeah. Highway. Yeah. So you know, with the six four, you're probably luck- going to be lucky to hit 15. 15 right. And I want to say like, oh gosh, that's a big deal because gas prices are stupidly high right now, and who knows how long they're going to stay that way. But by the same token, you just spent one hundred eight thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars on Maybe this. You're not the kind of person who worries price. about gas prices. Yeah, exactly. it's probably not something that's at the top of your list if you're spending it's, that kind of money. Whatever. Uh, I mean, it's still not great. No one wants to spend more money, no matter how much money you've got. No one wants yeah. to spend extra like, hey, it cost me 50 bucks to gas up this week and last week. And now it's 105. Like no one wants to do that. Uh, so, the, I mean, that's the big downside. But in terms of the capability, the style, the luxury, the comfort, it is absolutely beautiful. It's huge. We had a piece of furniture uh, that we ordered three months ago. It had a four to six week delivery time frame. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> so we finally have it. And it came in. I'm like, it's the right week. Oh, my gosh. The stars aligned. I don't have a convertible. I actually have the Grand Wagoneer. Backed it up to the little, you know, uh, drop off pickup thing at the furniture store. And I thought, is it going to fit? And it, like we could have put three of this sh- this like giant table inside of it. It's like it fits. There's still room in the back seat. OK, what else can we uh, buy? Yeah. What else can we buy that they have in stock right now? Uh, so it's, you know, it has an incredible amount of room, uh, roomy for passengers, roomy for cargo. And it's just, it really is a beautiful, quiet, comfortable ride. It has a little bit of that, you know, because it's gigantic. Um, it has a little bit of that floaty kind of feel, you know, so it's, yeah. So you're kind of like, whoa, whoa. If you hit bumps, it's not bam. It's just, whoo, and you sort of bounce. That's 25,000 of the 108. It was just making right. It's, like you're on a cloud. Exactly. It's just to make you feel like you're <laughs> on a cloud. Uh, so overall, I mean, I, I like the Grand Wagoneer. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know how many people just, I mean, I think you're buying it for status. I want a vehicle that says I can go off road. I really love the Jeep brand. I have a hundred K in my pocket uh, to buy this and have this really super fancy vehicle to drive around with the kids and haul whatever I want to haul, maybe bark mulch, although I couldn't put bark mulch in that beautiful cargo area, but it's, you know, it's, it's the, the, the rich person who still wants to look a little country. Right. Like I'm well, not going to get a G wagon. Cause that's all elitist. Well, and, and that's too, whatever. That's too fancy that's, pants. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, last summer when they, when they did the, the launch drive in New York, you know, they were talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the market for this thing. And mm-hmm. they said that you know, 25% of Jeep sales, in the U.S. are in the New York metropolitan area. So that whole, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, right. a quarter of, of all the Jeeps bought in the U.S. are bought in that region, which is, yeah. you know, those people, they're not taking these things off-road, even Wranglers. 
you know, they're right. they're they're buying you know Wranglers and wagon you know, wagoneers and and Grand Cherokees, and they're using them to shuttle the kids to you know to their fancy private schools and yeah. right. you know, go to their Pilates classes and and C L L Bean crowd. Yeah. Is L L Bean still thing? It is. So. Yeah. Okay. They well, there you go. Part of why they had done the drive in New York because we all kind of sort of had the same questions. Like, why are we driving this giant <laughs> thing? Like, what? Tiny... Is, well. That's the kind of person is sort of the person who has, you know, a upscale person in this area who's going to take it outside the city and go to the country club or go to the go on a drive and go antiquing or whatever the heck it is you do when you have a hundred thousand dollar car. But this is this is the sort of lifestyle they will have. They won't necessarily be driving it downtown all the time. Are you going to drive it out and take it out, you know, on and away from the city with your family, with your friends? And that was why they chose to do it in New York City. That was their so the family cabin that's like five bedrooms and has three fireplaces. Exactly, that's bigger yeah. than both of our houses put together, yeah, Rob. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we we both just drove the Lincoln Navigator a couple of weeks yes. ago, the Refresh Twenty Two Navigator. <clears throat> which which would be your preference, the Navigator or the Grand Wagoneer? Okay, that's a hard question because they're very inside the link. The Navigator has more of a traditional, like I am a fancy pants luxury car, even just in the style. <laughs> my pants, they are fancy. Yeah, my pants, they're very fancy. Well, the Jeep is like my pants are fancy, but they also have lots of pockets for cargo, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's. I also a, own a hatchet. Right. I have a hatchet in my pants and a little loop thing. Um, so I feel like it's a very different. But you wouldn't want to leave it in there when you climb in. You wouldn't want to cut not. up those beautiful leather seats. Cut up those beautiful seats. But I feel like they're very different. It's a very different customer. Lincoln is sort of a more refined, sort of elegant luxury where Jeep is, it's still just as luxurious, but it feels a little bit more like you're, you want luxury. You still want to make an impression. You're still saying you're driving a pricey car, but you're a little bit more down to earth is the vibe that you want. Like I'm, I'm not afraid. So, the, to so you're saying the, the Wagoneer is for the, for the, for the rich ranch owner while yes. the Navigator is for the, the yacht club member. Yes. How's that? Yes. Okay. I think yeah. that's accurate. I think that's it's good. A different, or it's the person who imagines they are a yacht club member, or the person who imagines that they own a ranch, one way or the other. But yeah, it's a, it's a different vibe. And I also think, like, I don't know, the, the sort of cachet of the brand. Jeep has a really distinctive. It's a Jeep. You know, everyone has a certain impression of Jeep. Nobody, nobody has think. I don't know what what's Jeep about these days. Everybody knows Jeep. It's off road. Yeah. It's fun. It's rugged. Lincoln, you're like. uh they're still around. Like not everybody. They make fancy, that. nice cars. They're big in China. They're big in China, but China. we're not in China. So, but you know, <laughs> so I think it's a very different. It's a. It's an entirely different customer. That's looking for one or the other. They both hit a very different yeah. part of the of a similar market. Different, different person. Different rich people. Is different what it comes rich down people. To. Rich people fro show, but uh, different rich people. Okay. I had something completely different from any of this stuff. Um, I also had a Kia, uh, but I had the 2022 Kia Carnival SX Prestige. Remember, it's um, Carnival because it's sorry, the, the Carnival SX Prestige. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, anybody who's been listening to me for any length of time knows that I am a big fan of minivans as family haulers. I think that they are, you know, unless you need to haul six kids and an 8,000 pound boat. Um, or a horse trailer, you know, the minivan is always the better choice for hauling the kids. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, but just don't call this a minivan anymore. It's, it's no longer a minivan. It's now an MPV, if you ask uh, Kia, uh, which, you know, is the same thing. Um, 
but uh, you know they like like the um, like the refresh or like the new um, Sienna that came out last year from Toyota. Um, they have both gone in kind of the same direction in with the design. The hood line is now more horizontal, um, you know, more upright grille. So it looks a little more SUV-ish, you know, trying to get away from that that stigma of, you know, the soccer mom minivan, uh, which I think is ridiculous. You know, it's like, just forget about those stereotypes. If it fits your purpose, use it. You know, and I think, you know, the Carnival... Uh, or Carnival um, fits the purpose of a lot of families a lot better than uh, than a uh, an SUV does. Um, you've got lots of room in there. Uh, you've got um, lots of cargo space in the back. I think you know behind behind the third row seats, you still have over forty cubic feet because you've got that nice deep well in the back there. When when you fold the rear seats down, um, when you get rid of the third row seats. You know they flip back and fold down into that well, but when you're when you're using those seats, you still have a really deep well. So even if you're carrying six or seven people, you still have room for lots of stuff back there, uh, which is you know almost double what you're going to find in a lot of three row SUVs, uh, maybe more in some cases. So uh, you know I think that that is excellent. I like the new design. You know it fits in with kind of the new design direction that Kia has been moving. Um, at least with their non-electric vehicles, you know, the vehicles like the Sorento and, and the Telluride. Um, it's uh, the one I have uh, has the, the black painted wheels. Uh, it's the, what do they call it? Um, not Aspen blue. Um, it's, it's, they, uh, they call, oh, they call it Tus- or, uh, sorry, Astra blue, Astra. Um, which, you know, when you look at it, it looks, you know, more gray with a hint of bluish green to it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I can, I can live with that color. Um, I would prefer something a little bolder shade of blue. Um, and then it's got a Tuscan umber interior. So this is the prestige. So it's got all the, all the options in there. Uh, really nice leather interior. Um, the, uh, the second row seats, uh, in this one, it has the, the executive seating in the second row. So you've got a pair of captain's chairs that can recline. They've got footrests that come up. So kind of like a first class, uh, you know, um, domestic, uh, aircraft seat, uh, very, very comfortable, uh, very pleasant place to be. It's got the rear seat entertainment system, which is great. Lots of USB ports everywhere. Um, and, like most other modern Kias and Hyundais, the, the larger ones, it's got the USB ports that are on the inner, the inboard side of the seat back of the front seats. Uh, so they're really easy to, to access, really easy to get to uh, for people in the second row. Um, only two sort of complaints that I have about this one. Um, the, the front seats feel a little flat. Um, you know, that is, you know, they don't, or I think what it is, when you look at them, they look like they have some notable side bolsters, but I think they're wider than most seats are. So when you're sitting in them, uh, you know, they, they feel kind of flat. You don't feel like you're getting much, uh, lateral support when you're going around corners. Um, but they're otherwise fairly comfortable. Um, and then, uh, the fuel economy, you know, again, going back to, you know, the current state of the state of affairs with fuel prices, um, the fuel economy is not great. Um, the um, EPA, uh, let's see, the EPA estimate 
is uh, 19 city, 26 highway, 22 combined. Uh, I've been averaging about 20. It's been pretty cold this week, um, but 20 to 20 and a half is what I've been getting uh, in mixed driving, which is not not exceptional. And unfortunately, Hyundai does not, or sorry, Kia does not yet offer any sort of electrified powertrain in here. So, you know, the Sienna now comes standard with a Toyota hybrid powertrain, uh, and it gets mid-30s fuel economy. The uh, Chrysler Pacifica, which is the other, um, or one of the other main competitors in this uh, segment, uh, is available with a plug-in hybrid that gets you 32, 33 miles of electric driving range, and then after that, you're still you know, in the mid-30s uh, fuel economy for MPG. Um, the, um, I'll be curious to see what Honda does with the Odyssey. Uh, it should be coming up for a redesign sometime in the next 12 months or so. And I would be surprised if they don't incorporate a hybrid powertrain in there of some sort. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, and I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe for 2023, um, that Kia, uh, will probably add some sort of hybrid powertrain option to the Carnival. Uh, they already have a very good one that's in the, uh, they've got a plug-in hybrid that's in the Sorento and uh, uh, some other models as well, um, which should have plenty of power. It's uh, like 275 horsepower, I think, for their the total for the, the plug-in hybrid system in the Sorento. This one is 290, the V6, the 3.5 liter V6 in here is 290 horsepower, 260 foot-pounds of torque. It's fairly smooth. Um, they're Driving on the highway, there was a little bit more wind and road noise, or mo mostly mostly road noise, not so much wind noise, but road noise that was coming through um, than I would have expected. Um, but you know, not not too terribly objectionable. You do have the sounds of nature available since it is a modern Kia, uh, so you can always turn that on and get that you know the the sound of the Paris cafe or the crunching through the snow or the babbling. Did you enjoy? Did you pick a sound to to enjoy on your Carnival drive? Uh, yeah, I, I, just, I switched around between a couple of different sounds. You know, it needs uh, a Rio de Janeiro, like, you know. Yeah, that's true. Carnival that, that's Parade. That's what it needs. That's what it yeah. needs. Like, yeah, you need a, or, or, you know, or some, some Latin jazz or something. Yeah, you know, some New Orleans Carnival. Yeah. You, you know. each have one that's, like, vehicle-specific. Like, you get something that makes sense for that vehicle. That that's a really build. good idea. Instead of just having the same set of five right? or six sounds across the entire lineup, you have like five standard ones, and then and one then that's specific one to that model. The Carnival, and one that's for the EV6, and what? Yeah. Yeah. No, that I makes like a that. lot of sense. I, I will have to share that information with the uh, product planning team at, at Kia the next time I talk to them. I think that's a good idea, Kia. Yep. You can send your checks to <laughs> Bill Bearings. <laughs> Admin at wheelbearings.media. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, otherwise, you know, I mean, this is this is a great minivan you know it's a great family hauler uh you know you've got the dual sliding doors you know they're power operated um you know all the things that we have come to expect in modern minivans are here it's you know sharp looking it's it's attractive um you know and it just you know it does it does what you need for a people hauler all of so, the folks <coughs> oh uh, oh the price i didn't i didn't mention the price um the one I drove, as I said, is pretty much loaded. Uh, came to forty-seven thousand seven hundred and seventy dollars, including an eleven hundred and seventy-five dollar destination fee. Um, the uh, base price on the uh, on the Carnival 
Um, you can start off uh, with the LX trim at just $32,300, so somewhat more affordable, uh, although your color options are very limited with that one. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's the, the, the standard, the base vehicle is a very solid vehicle. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a great people hauler. So yeah, I'm a fan of it too. I, we, we, when I drove it, we had it, um, even to have, have a planned trip up to the white mountains to go camping. And it was my husband and I, my daughter and all of our stuff. Uh, and it was great. It was actually nice for, I mean, it was a pretty lengthy road trip up there and it swallowed up all that stuff. No problem. So I was a fan. And then my friends that were with us, we ran out briefly for something. Well, let's take your car. Like, this is cool. This is a minivan. So they really liked it. So it was well. Right. Yeah. I am, I am always trying to talk people into buying minivans instead of SUVs, uh, especially people with kids. And they're all, it's always a pushback. You're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, no, minivans are cool. SUVs are basic. Minivan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the, with the sliding doors, you don't have to worry about kids opening up yeah. the door and banging it into the car next to them. You're carrying you got- a kid and you're walking up to the car. You can hit a button and the door opens. Can you do yeah. that in, in a Ford Escape? Nope. Nope. Uh, you know, and also you don't have to reach up as high. It's, you know, you've got a much bigger aperture to get in there and get the kids strapped into their seats yep. and things like that. It's just way easier to handle. Nice so. use of the word aperture, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> plus one. Sam. <laughs> like plus one for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's, let's stick with uh, the minivan theme for a moment. Um, the long, long, long awaited return of the VW bus is almost back. It's almost here. Almost here. Um, at least if you live in, in Europe, uh, it's going to be a little bit longer here in North America. Uh, but this, this week VW un, uh, officially unveiled the production version of the ID buzz. And I'm glad that they kept the ID buzz name from the concept instead of just giving it some arbitrary seven ID or eight, eight or, or seven 43 yeah. thing just like i put the yeah the like they're coming with just one number after stop stop it was yeah. cute so the the id buzz is 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 here um they showed off um the the production version uh which goes on sale in europe uh late this summer i think they start taking orders in europe in may um and then uh deliveries start in late summer um for the European market, they are getting a shorter wheelbase two-row version of it. Um, we're not getting it here in North America until uh, early 2024 when oh. we will get a slightly longer three-row version of it because apparently Americans can't be satisfied with just, you know. I would have been really five. happy with that short, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, interestingly, all of the all of the photos that they have shown of this thing and the the examples the prototypes that they had all have the including including even the cargo but the cargo buzz version the id buzz cargo um all have the two-tone paint scheme paint scheme with the white above and color down below um so and the, the white and the front kind of swoops down down to the front bumper so you it kind of evokes that look of the classic uh type 2 bus you know from the 1950s i think when it originally launched when they had the the v coming down there um what what do you guys think of the the buzz oh it's horrible no i'm just kidding (laughs) i okay so i I waited for it for a long time and then i got very concerned when all the spy pictures were coming out and people who are who who you know i know uh in the bay area they were also very excited and then they saw the spy pictures they were also concerned and then now that they've shown it off like the design 
hasn't deviated too much from the from from the concept. It still has that sort of flavor of 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 a. Uh, you know the old vehicle. Um, you know you still have to deal with regulatory issues and stuff. You can't make something exactly you know old schooly. But no, I th- I really like it. Um, I'll, it'll be interesting. I I do wish we were getting a shorter wheelbase here in the United States because I think that would be perfect for my wife and I and our dogs and our cats. Uh, but you know Americans want big cars and Volkswagen's happy to you know make it larger and probably throw a larger battery in there and and I, don't I, li- I like it too. I think it's going to do very well and you know. You were talking about the stigma of a minivan and how minivans are, you know, dorky and horrible and awful. And it's like, but this isn't a minivan. This is the this is a bus, you know. Yeah. So you're okay. You can get this. You've avoided the stigma if you go exactly. To the yeah. bus. You have avoided it's the cool it. minivan. Right. It's like no, 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 not the same thing. This is like the old Volkswagen bus. So you're okay. So they've. You're I think still cool, mom. You're still you're cool. You're still cool, mom. And actually, if you're driving this, you're a cool mom. This yeah, yeah. Because like, it's electric. Right. So this is like an electric car. It's not really a minivan. It only thinks it is. It's really cute. I, I think this is going to do well. Do we get pricing information on this? We didn't no. Get no. We have no uh, idea. We're all sad. No. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. so. I think, you know, I think they're going to announce the pricing closer to May when they start sales, uh, start the orders in Europe. Um, I've heard rumors that it's going to be pretty pricey. Uh, uh, no, that No. No, yeah. Sam, you mean your rumors. You know, it, it, it is electric, um, yeah. you know, and it's it's bigger than an ID4, although it's using the same powertrain and battery from the ID4. So I would guess that the starting price is at a minimum going to be mid 40s here in the US. Yeah. Um, you know, and loaded up, you're probably going to be looking, you know, 60 plus. That still makes um, it pretty competitive with, you know, as long as it actually is competitive with comparable minivans, you're okay. Yeah. Well, and yeah. especially when you, when you factor in operating costs, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a little more expensive probably to buy than, than the comparable minivans, but, but okay. it's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper to operate because exactly. it's, cause it's oh, all, like, uh, you know, you're not going to have to worry about 20 miles per gallon from this thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's rear wheel drive, uh, 200 horsepower, uh, 201 horsepower electric motor on the rear axle. Um, I would guess that uh, for at least for the U.S. and probably globally, they will probably offer an all-wheel drive version as well with a front uh, electric motor. Um, you know, lots of room in this thing, you know, because the battery and the, the little motor in the back there, so a nice flat floor. Um, the, you know, the, the interior, the infotainment is pretty consistent with the look of what you have on the ID3 and the ID4. Um, same type of, you know, small digital cluster in front of the driver, uh, the, uh, uh, the touchscreen in the middle, all the photos show, you know, with the white trim around the, the cluster, you know, on the front there. Um, hopefully they will, I would, I would assume that for production, you know, they will also offer black versions. Cause I, you know, if you're going to haul family around in this thing, you probably don't want all that white trim in there. Showing on the cargo version, they show them with black. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, that, yeah the, the cargo the version, cargo has, version has a black. black. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And there's a um, And unfortunately, we will not get the cargo yeah. version here um, yeah. because chicken tax. Um, they would have to pay a 25% tariff on it. Um, so we'll only get the people hauler version. Um, and one thing that is has not been decided apparently yet is whether we will get the, the California camper version. Um, so in Europe, they will have the option of the, the classic pop-up camper, 
uh, on the ID Buzz. Um, during the, uh, the presentation, there were two versions of the present when they did the reveal earlier this week. There were two versions. It was the global version, the European version of that presentation. And then there was a shorter America-only version with uh, Scott Kehoe, uh, who's the, the president of VW of America. Uh, and he did reference the California camper, and he said, you know, we'd like to hear from, from fans and, you know, whether we should uh, have that here. So I think that they're still trying to decide whether to offer it here. But that, you know, that would be a very distinct selling point, you know, that no other minivan offers yeah. is to have that, that classic pop-up camper uh, hey, on this thing. People are going to spend a lot of money on yeah. it. So pe- this thing is, yeah, it's the, the, yeah, a lot of people have been waiting for this. Um, and there are a lot of people with a lot of money who would be more than happy to spend, you know, to drop 110, 120 on a California camper version of this. Because the, the regular California camper version is just like $103 or something crazy, $103,000. Um, and so they don't sell it in the United States. They just let us all drive it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, but I think, yeah, I think they're, they're going to be fine. I, I know that <clears throat> Volkswagen America is very um, – they're, they're always a little concerned about bringing a car over because they're like, well, you know, we want to make sure it fits and we sell a lot of them. I mean, Germany offered uh, Volkswagen America the ID3 and they said, all you have to sell is 20,000 and we'll let you have it. If you can, if you can tell us you'll sell 20,000 $20, of these, 20,000 units, go for it. And, they, and Volkswagen America is very much like, well, we really want to come out with something that is, uh, you know, that growth market, which is that crossover uh, mm-hmm. SUV. So I think. Yeah, so I think they're they're going to be a little like I don't know, but no, that's there's there's no way that is not going to be a winner. There's no way they're not going to have to like put people off for like eighteen months in order to build it because <laughs> it's going to yeah yeah people are people people in this country have a lot of money. Uh, some of them, not me, um, but some people have a lot of money. And they're more than happy to spend it on nostalgia and EVs and camping because the van life thing. Is, it's yeah, thing. it's a thing. And it's not. I don't think it's not going away post pandemic. I think it's. It's. I think people are like. Oh, this is actually kind of nice. I don't have. You know, I have this thing that I can drive around when I'm in town, but then I can also just take it off for the weekend. Oh. Well, I'm just glad that they're they're going to sell even any version of this thing here in North America because uh, it, it would have been really easy for VW to just say, "Nah, we don't need that here. We're we're, we're not going to sell that many of them." But. It would have been a riot. Oh, there would have been—I know there would have been a riot. People are—I'm still angry about the Honda E. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) and that doesn't have uh, that didn't didn't have like 20% of the excitement around it that the ID Buzz has. So I think, yeah. Yeah, Uh, One 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 of the other uh, features that will be uh, uh, standard on here is um, bi-directional charging, uh, like like you have on the uh, the Ford F-150. Um, so it'll, it'll support, you know, if you have, you have a DC, uh, wall box, bi-directional wall box in your garage, you can plug it in and you can power your house off of this thing. If your power goes out or, you know, when you're at a campsite, you can plug stuff in and run it off of there. Uh, so that's, that's very nice. And speaking of bi-directional charging, um, we had a, there was also an announcement this week from General Motors and PG&E. Um, that they're going to do a bi-directional charging pilot with a bunch of uh, new GM EVs um, in Northern California, which is the area that PG&E serves. Uh, I don't know. If, I think 
I think they kind of dropped the Pacific Gas and Electric name, and they just go with PG&E now. Um, but um, they're going to start this summer uh, with that uh, in uh, PG&E's labs. And this is one thing that GM hasn't talked about with their new EVs yet is, is bi-directional capability. Um, Ford obviously made a big deal of it with the F-150 with their intelligent power backup. But um, GM hadn't really talked about it, even when we asked them, you know, whether it would be there. Um, and um, so they're going to do some testing. And one thing that's different with what they're doing with PG&E is they're integrating this into uh, what they call a demand response system. So with the with the F-150, with their, their system, if you have that um, smart inverter from Sunrun in your garage and it's plugged in, it's got a transfer switch in there. So when your if your power goes out, it the transfer switch automatically switches over. So it disconnects your home circuitry from the grid when the power goes out, and it starts pulling power from the battery in the truck, and powering everything. Um, but it's it's all done locally. It's all controlled locally. Um, what uh, GM and PG&E are doing same basic idea. You've got this. Uh, inverter and um, transfer switch but it can also be in addition to being controlled locally it can also be controlled remotely by pg&e and you know certainly i'm sure you're you've had uh experiences robbie um you know pg&e's had a lot of problems you know with uh during hot periods uh with having uh too much power demand and having to go to rolling blackouts and things like this and what they want to be able to do is you know for people that have this demand response system set up they can automatically switch them off the grid and they you know they can retain power but they can reduce their the load on the grid by you know taking a few thousand or you know tens of thousands of homes off the grid for a period of time running them off their evs and um and they they control that from you know from their end not not locally at your home what do you think about that? I, I well, okay. So first of all, it's PG&E, which there's no love for PG&E in Northern California. To be to be fair, I mean, they've, they've a lot a lot of the fires that have happened up here, PG&E's fault because PG&E didn't, you know, they like, oh, we're not going to work on, we're not going to cut down trees, we're not going to do the the maintenance that's needed. They, they they've been cutting costs and in, in, in order to make sure that you know they're making a lot of money for 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 years and now it's biting them on the ass because now they're having to pay you know these huge settlements which we have to pay for by the way the consuming our, our energy costs go up because they lost a huge lawsuit because they burned down a town and then another town and then another town <laughs> and it's um you know so it's it's on that end i'm just like ah on the other you know if you if uh, I'm sure there's probably going to be something you have to opt into, and if you opt into it, yeah, I mean, if they can, if they can make it work, PG&E recently said they're going to start burying their 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 uh, their electric lines, which is something people have been asking for decades for, so those electric lines don't get you know blown over in the wind, hit a tree, and then burn down hundreds of thousands of acres. So they're doing that. So they're they're all they're going in the in the correct direction. I think this is part of that. Um, I like the idea of bi-directional charging. Your house doesn't use nearly as much energy as your car does. Um, you know, and if I can, even if I can set it up my own, like right now I have a level two charger. We charge the car between midnight and 
3 p.m. And that's off peak here. Um, and then from 3 p.m. to like midnight, it's it's uh, it's peak charging or it's peak power. You know, you're paying like almost double for, for electricity. Mm-hmm. If I could charge my car at night and then when peak happens, I can pull my, you know, I can start pulling power from my vehicle. Let's say I buy that that uh, that Volkswagen Buzz, that ID Buzz, you know, has 84 kilowatts, which is more than I'll ever use in my house. <laughs> I'm not driving there every day. You know, I'm, I work from home. I mean, my wife takes the other car to, to, to work. If I can charge, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially saving money because instead of paying double for, for uh, double the price for electricity, I'm paying off peak, you know, prices for electricity for my home. So it's, yeah, I think it's, it's good. And also if you can help, you know, if we can reduce, you know, blackouts because a blackout is, you know, it's, it's inconvenient for me. It's horrible for people who need medical equipment in their home. It's horrible for, for hospitals and it's horrible for people who, who actually need to have their electricity on for, for, um, for a variety of reasons. For me, if it power goes out, I'm like, Oh no, I hope everything's charged. It is. Okay, fine. Yeah. I think it's a cool idea, but I, as long as they allow people to opt into it, I, I think the idea of them just saying, nope, we're making this power decision for you, whether you want it or not. Yeah, I, I, I think most people would opt into it. Most people are buying EVs. I, you know, I don't see this, that people are going to be like, oh, no, but it's PG&E. That's the, yeah. <laughs> it really comes down I literally, to I'm on the East Coast, and I think of them as the company that starts all the fires. That's literally yeah. how I think yeah, of them. That's their, their brand is, yeah, we burn things down. <laughs> we start fires by accident. Oops. Yeah. Oops. We're not good at what we do. We have one job, and we're not good at it. Not good at it. Yeah, so GM's going to they're going to start the testing in in PG in these labs this summer and then by the end of the year they plan to expand the pilot to consumers. And they're also a uh, couple days after the GM announcement they announced that Ford is also going to participate in this. So they'll be using the F150 Lightning as part of this as well um, for the demand response. So cool. That, that should all be kicking off but before the end of the year. All right. Um Staying with EVs some more, um, Honda and Sony uh, have signed a memorandum of understanding to look at potentially forming a joint venture to maybe make EVs. Um, no. A memorandum of understanding. It's a plan to make a plan. To ha- it's a pl- exactly. It's an idea. It's a it's a letter that we to to plan to have a plan. Hey, so uh, you want to do something? Yeah, maybe we'll do something later. Yeah, that sounds like it's like when you and your friends are like calling each other. Hey, we should go out and get some lunch sometime. Yeah, that sounds great. We should. And yeah. then you leave. <laughs> and you don't. Then you don't... Anything. Yeah, so Sony has shown two different EV concepts at CES in 2020, and then another one this year. The 2021 was a sedan. This year they showed an SUV. Um, and um, it was never clear if Sony actually really wanted to get into the business of building cars or they were just using this as demonstrators to show off all their various technologies that they'd like to sell to car companies. And um, apparently, you know, Honda is interested in maybe taking that and turning it into a real product. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Honda's first new EVs are coming in North America, coming courtesy of General Motors in 2024, uh, the Honda Prologue and it is yet unnamed uh, Acura crossover based on GM's Ultium platform. Uh, but it uh, looks like they're going to throw in their, potentially throw in their lot with Sony as well. So I talked to Sony after the two, 
2020 CES where they showed off the the vehicle again. And they told me, I'm like, are you making this car? And they're like, nah, we're not going to make this car. And then they went, then they turned around and told someone else that they were going to make the car. <laughs> and I was just like, what, what is going on with, with, with them? And now they're, now they're going to, but they're not, well, maybe we'll make it. Maybe we won't. It's, it's all very, you just, I'm like, what, what is, what is, I, okay, fine, fine, fine. Just do whatever you're going to do. But it's like the most tentative of maybe, I don't know, possibly uh happening kind of plans. Yeah. They, they, uh, I mean, if they get into it and they can make a nice car and they're working with Magna or they're working with Honda or they're working with GM or Volkswagen or whoever. Great. That's fine. If you can make a good, a nice EV that people want and I don't know, maybe have a Walkman in it. That's great. Um, (laughs) Maybe it comes with a PlayStation 5. the The first EV with a cassette player. Yeah, <laughs> um, wired headphones. Some wired the little, headphones. The little orange foam. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, flashback. That was very specific. <laughs> I'm too old. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see what happens with Honda and Sony. Um, Rivian um, made some more news this week, which did not impress a lot of people. Apparently. <laughs> Any good news for months? Everything, nothing happy is coming. Like out we of made it. some cool cars. Everyone's like, "Yay, we love these trucks." They're like, "All right, hold on. <laughs> hey, wait, we're just gonna mess everything." We only up. made a few of them, though. We only made a few. They, they, they had they had their Q4 earnings call um, this week, and um, let's see. Um, in Q4 of 2021, um, they lost uh, about 1.1. Uh, oh, let's see, Q4 versus previous 2.5 billion dollars. Um, in in losses in in Q4, um, and that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot. Um, and they are projecting for this year for for 2022 that they're going to lose 4.75 billion dollars. Billion um, with a B. Yeah, they. Um, it turns out their their factory in Illinois has capacity, uh, theoretical capacity for 50,000 vehicles a year. They are currently projecting that they're only going to produce 25,000 vehicles this year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and that includes hmm. the Amazon delivery vans. Um, oh, so even oh that includes the vans. That includes oh. the vans. That's their total production, 25,000. Oh, so, so people are going to yeah. 83,000 reservations and less than 50,000 people people will get an actual vehicle. Yeah, well, less, less than 25,000. Less than 25,000, sorry. We'll get, yeah. oh, my gosh. So it'll probably be on the order of somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand of the R one T and R one S, and then the rest will be the, uh, Amazon. Uh, the delivery vans. So they had um, a whole bunch of people cancel when they first did their whole. It's not going to cost. What do you think it cost? Oh wait, we're backpedaling, and now they have. Hey, we're not going to make what we thought we were going to make. Did you feel like as a Rivian, if you were like holding an order, you'd be like, you know what? Enough. I've been burned once. Let's burn twice. Am I ever going to get a car? It still it still beat the Cybertruck to market though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. true. It was the first electric pickup truck. But I feel like with Rivian, you had a, you had that expectation that it would happen. With Tesla, you're like, eh. I don't know. You, knew you, were t- I, you know what you're getting into when you went with Tesla. <laughs> there was no doubt. It's like you might get a truck, maybe this year. Who knows? With Rivian, like we are going to build a truck, and you believed them. Yeah, <laughs> I I listened to the earnings call, and you know they talked about they're they're having trouble getting some of the parts from suppliers. Um, you know, it's the, the whole supply chain challenge. Yeah. Everybody's having, having a hard time getting 
getting parts. And if you can't get parts, you can't make vehicles. And if you can't, if you can't get all the parts, you can't ship them to customers. Um, especially if it's an EV, you need all those chips in there for an yeah. EV. Um, so they're they're struggling a bit with with production. Um, you know, so it's not the same kinds of problems that, that Tesla had. You know, Tesla was just you know with the launches yeah. of everything they've built you know they've had trouble just putting them together they they were able to get the parts they just couldn't put it together right um rivian just can't get the parts they need yeah and that's that's a real issue um so far through uh through may 8th they have produced uh 2425 vehicles since last september or so when they started yeah. production uh which is not a lot it's not uh, a lot of yeah, not a lot of vehicles yeah I mean, That's Ford, each of Ford's F-150 plants cranks out 50 trucks or 60 trucks per hour. Jesus. So 120 an hour between two plants. I understand. That sounds really close. The difference doesn't seem very big at yeah. all. No, no, not at all. So if you're waiting for a Rivian, uh, you're probably going to be waiting a while longer. Maybe, no, maybe. Consider buying maybe. an EV6 in the meantime, no. <laughs> yeah, get an EV6 or something. <laughs> yeah. Get a, You know what? Get a Ford Maverick in the meantime. There you just, go. There you go. a little Maverick. Ford Maverick, drive it around. Over. They'll tide you over yeah, until right. you have to get you, and then until your Rivian shows up. It gets pretty good. It gets good gas mileage. Yeah. Yeah, just, just get that instead <laughs> for while you wait. Well, anyway, and then at the end of the year, you know, and then in like a and few years. You can years, sell can... the Maverick and, yeah. and buy your Rivian. You pro- you'd probably be money. able to sell the Maverick at a profit. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the supply chain still have, keeps doing it, pro- yeah. Or, you know, even if you don't sell at a profit, you got, you know, you got a good little truck for 20000 bucks. Yeah. Of course, that might not show up to your house for six months. So maybe, I don't know. I hope you just <laughs> weren't waiting for that car as your only car. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the deal. Just don't be waiting on that with any sense of urgency whatsoever. Speaking of not waiting with a sense of urgency, uh, hope you weren't waiting for a new generation Subaru WRX STI. (sighs) Apparently not going to happen. I love the STI. I love the WRX. I'm a big fan of both of those vehicles. So today Um, you're crying big tears then. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I I would – the gas-powered one. So if if they can deliver – an EV STI that drives like the STI, that's, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I'm like, oh, what? I don't care. I don't care then. You know, they killed it, the gas powered STI and they deliver like something that's just as good, but yeah, it's run electrons. Yeah, yeah, go or, for it. Or not under the hood, as long as it drives the way an STI should drive. Yeah, the STI, the, the, I just, yeah, the, the, the all wheel drive system, the hand, the, the handling, everything about the WRX and STI are just, for me, as the, this is the kind of car that I absolutely adore. Just I can just take it anywhere, do anything, and it's just going to be like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, let's let's party. Um, that's that's yeah. I drove the last gener- I guess current generation, the final generation of gas STI, and I was yeah. The only thing that sucked is that it's not a it's not a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't brown. No. It wasn't bad. Uh, you know what? Well, I'm, on an STI, you don't need brown. You need you need that blue, the classic. Blue. Yeah, you need the blue. rally blue. So you can see the brown. So you, people know that you're you're legit yeah. because you've got all the mud on it. Yeah, you don't want you don't you want the brown the, the dirt just blending in. <laughs> yeah, you want you want people to know. You know, you know. I'm just completely aside. I, I'm always concerned about people who buy the LBRX and the STI and then they lower them. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> this no. is a rally car. No, you're doing it wrong. There's so many other vehicles you could buy and lower. Yeah. But you know, it's your car. Do what you want. Don't listen to me. But at the same time, it, it sort of 
Don't do it that. Breaks my heart just a, just a smidge. I think it's going to be interesting that. to to see how the uh, the Saltera drives. I think that'll be you know an interesting mm-hmm. indicator of maybe where Subaru you know what Subaru might be able to achieve with the uh, with the STI and to see if there's any difference in the way the the Saltera behaves from the Toyota BZ4X. Um, yeah. Because Subaru, from what I've been told, Subaru actually did most of the development on this vehicle. Oh, that's so good. it's more Subaru than it is Toyota. Huh, All right, that'll be fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I was unable to go um, drive it because of conflicts. Um, so I'm, 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 but I'm eagerly, uh, I'm very excited about the Saltera and see to see what happens. And it's easier to say than the whatever the Toyota thing is called. Yeah, that I've completely forgotten every <laughs> time I say BZ4X, right? Yeah. So it's like beyond zero. Four times, I guess that's that's the only way I can remember. That's, 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 for, remember that's for four wheel drive. Remember it, that'll work. Yeah, or, no, sorry, the, the number is kind of the indicator of where it fits in the range size wise. Oh, so the BZ5 will be larger, BZ3 will be smaller. Oh, I want to get the, the BZ1 crossover. Yeah, what's so the, the BZ1? Like a little, key we don't know yet. It's just okay. it's just like a two seater. <laughs> yeah, might be, might, might be the electric it's the Mr. Two the GR86. It's the uh, Mr. Two, the MR2. There you go. The give us a Mr. Two. Give us a Mr. Two, electric yeah. Mr. Two. Mr. Two. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get into questions, I just want to let people know if, if you're listening to this uh, early this week, um, if you are in Austin um, and you're going to South by Southwest, make sure you come by the uh, convention center on Thursday afternoon at uh, 1.30 Central Time, I think it is, in Austin. Um, I will be on stage interviewing Peter Rawlinson, the CEO and CTO of Lucid Motors. Um, so if you're around or, or if you're watching, you know, if you're doing the online version of uh, South By this year, uh, you can check that out online as well. So uh, make, sure you, make sure you check it out. Awesome. This should be good. Peter, Peter's an yeah. engineer and you're an engineer. So if yeah. you're like a nerd, you're, this is going to be a good talk. Yeah, Every time I talk to Peter, it's, it's, it's like, you know, there's, it's less like, like media training and more like nerdy, nerdery. And so he's a, he's a fun, he's a fun interview. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, this week Lucid launched uh, a video series called Tech Talks, um, on YouTube. And, uh, the first one is like 35, 40 minutes long. Uh, and it's, it's all Peter. Going through explaining, you know, their approach to efficiency and how they design the batteries and and the motors and everything on on the uh, the Lucid Air. Um, and there's some math in there. He's got a he's got a table that's a, a whiteboard and he's doing the equations on there, explaining how they came up with the size and everything. The minute you give an engineer a whiteboard and post-it <laughs> notes, it's all over. Oh yeah, oh, he's got <laughs> post-it notes too. Yeah, you gotta have those stuck in between to create your flow chart in yeah. different colors depending on the where you are in the flow chart. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let's answer some questions from the listeners. Um, Corey Wallace asks, I love the podcast. What are your thoughts on skipping out of getting extended warranty on new vehicles to save money? I've had multiple vehicles and never used the warranty, and I'm thinking of buying a new 2023 Kia Niro PHEV when it comes out this fall. Um, What do you guys think about extended warranties? I've never bought one in my whole life ever. I I get a lot of calls about them, like a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, emails too. Well, I, u- I used to get a lot of calls about them before I got uh, before Google enabled automatic call screening on uh, Pixel phones. So now all that stuff just goes straight to the spam folder. I never uh, it never even rings my phone. 
I've never gotten. I, I have your paid warranty for like, is about to expire. Yeah, on a car I haven't owned for ten years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten the, the. I have gotten the, the thing where you pay and and like you can bring it into and get it uh, serviced for free, like the extra money. So you just you're prepaying prepaying for maintenance. Yeah, I, I I have done that once. I did that on on the low on the the uh, the lease for our Fiat. That way we just you know because we were you know. I, my was my wife was in school. I was working. We lived in the Bay. We lived in San Francisco at the time, so we didn't have a lot of money. So I was just like, if I just pay for it now, and then while I'm traveling, my wife needs to take it in. There's no like surprise. Oh yeah, they, we can even rotate the tires, and that was a hundred dollars. And now we gotta change it. It was like ah, so that was. I don't think it was worth it, like monetarily wise, but I think peace of mind, just getting it done, and not having a surprise, um, you know, was was. Uh, was was nice, but yeah, extended. I don't know. I've never gotten an you know, extended I warranty. I don't know that there. Yeah, was, yeah, you get you got to be careful with those. Um, you know, when you go to a dealer, when you're buying a new car, more often than not, you know, those extended warranties are not coming from the manufacturer. These are third party warranties that um, you know it's being done by some other company. Um, there's usually a lot of um, a lot of details. You got to look. You got to look over the contract really carefully, and see how much of a deductible, what's actually covered. Um, yeah. You know, these these things are generally extremely profitable for dealers, uh, which is why they you know probably the longest part of buying a car is the time you spend in the F and I office, um, <laughs> going through all that stuff. You know, as you're signing your paperwork. You know, they're trying to sell you all these other extra insurance and warranty thing. things. Trackers. The tracker is the one they try to get us uh, to get yeah. on, the, on our Kia. And I was like, no. They're like, well, and they just kept lowering the price. They're like, yeah. how about $250? I'm like, no. And then we got home in the Kia. Uh, I'm sorry, the Hyundai. Um, and then the Hyundai app, you can track your car with the Hyundai app. So, yeah. And I was like, well, what if it gets stolen? I'm like, that's what I have insurance for. I don't care if the car gets stolen. I'm like, fine. It's gone. Who cares? That's why I'm paying insurance. It's not a, it's not a classic car. I had to do a ton of stuff with that for, I wrote for car talk for a while for their blog and they did a, they did a lot with what extended warranties do and what they include and what they don't include and the ones that are well received by the public and the ones where people feel like, no, I'm getting taken for a ride. If you really want to look, I mean, I don't have links. I don't have it, but car talk, if you Google it, they have extensive deep dives on with what they each offer, which ones they recommend and don't recommend and just what exactly you're getting for your money and sort of the kind of things to look out for. I'm not a big fan of them as a rule, but like I just little shout out to car talk. If you go Google them and look on their site, you will find a ton of information because you are getting them from third parties. And there's a lot of third parties that offer them that you can buy with an X number of, you know, weeks of buying your new car. You can add it on, blah, blah, blah. So Definitely worth well, If you, if you can send me a, sh- a link, um, yeah, let me see I'll if I can find something. I'll see if you can make because they car talk really did a ton with that. So, okay. Uh, James Gardner asked about our thoughts on the uh, RIP STI. Just sold my 15 last year and looked like it was the last. And it looks like it's the last of the models. Uh, we already talked about that. Um, Dave Dan Vesma uh, asks, and based on uh, on the context here i'm going to guess that dan does not live in the us uh, probably lives in X-type europe or, or the uk uh, yeah, says that's we right. have four older cars a 91 uh, mercedes 190e for the love an 04 x type diesel for the commute a 98 discovery for the the kids uh, discovery 2 for the kids and the dogs and a slow 
Slow Arse 04 Mini 1, uh, yeah. <laughs> which was another one that was never sold here. Yeah, that was the, the base, base, base Mini. Uh, 1.4 auto for my wife who can't drive a stick. Is there a PHEV out there that could replace them all? We have five cars. One, That's a lot of, three, yeah. Three, four. Four, or four. Four cars. Yeah. Four cars. That's a and lot You want to replace cars. them with one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's some options in there. Uh, you know. I don't know how many kids you've got, how many, you know, what size of dogs you've got. You know, I mean, if you've got, if you've got a couple of, uh, uh, you know, or a Mastiff or a Bernese Mountain Dog, um, you know, some of these suggestions might not necessarily work. Um, it, but uh, you know, or if you've got three or more kids, uh, that could also be problematic. Um, but you know, I, I did. I was thinking about it earlier as I was writing this stuff up. Um, the Toyota Rav4 Prime, I think, is a great option. You got lots of cargo space in there. Um, the, uh, Peugeot 3008, uh, is also available to plug-in hybrid, um, Hyundai Tucson plug-in hybrid. Uh, if you need something a little bigger, um, you know, depending on what your budget is, you know, ba- based on the fact that these are all older cars, I'm not sure, you know, if you can swing a, a Volvo XC90, uh, plug-in hybrid, but that's, that's another, another option to consider, uh, that's on the larger size, the, uh, VW Touareg R e-hybrid, um, also a plug-in, um, or if you really need extra space, uh, Ford offers the Torneo Custom um, with a plug-in hybrid option. So that's their that's their mid-sized van. It's the in Europe uh, the uh, you know the the Transit uh, vans are the, all the, all the vans called Transit are cargo versions. So Transit Cust- Transit Connect with the little one, the Transit Custom, and then the big Transit um, the the Passenger versions are branded as Torneo, uh, so the Torneo is kind of the midsize, smaller than a Transit, bigger than a Connect. Um, that's also available as a plug-in hybrid. So, if you need lots and lots of space, that you know that's probably your best option in Europe. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with the Rav4 Prime. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of a fan of that one. Yeah. I like it. As long as you can get one. If you can get yeah. one, it's hard to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. That, of the ones that are sitting there. X-Type Diesel. Wow. Yeah. We should be friends. <laughs> You're still stuck right there. He's like, <laughs> you should be. Well, I have the X-Type gas. It's, it's, I don't think they ever offered the diesel here. Nah, they? they didn't offer the yeah. diesel. They only sold like a few wagons and a few manuals on the 2.5. I have the 3-liter Sport, the all-wheel drive one. There weren't a lot of them. And the ones that were here were either uh, my father-in-law bought it. Uh, there's a few people who bought them, but most a lot of them were uh, like Ford. Uh, Ford employees because it was mm-hmm. part of the the you know, you could get it so you could look a little fancier than just driving around in the Taurus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Dave Marsh asks: Is it me getting older, or are headlights just incredibly bright on new cars? I find the way they wash out my night vision and make my older car headlights near useless with oncoming traffic. Um, I have a couple of uh, vehicles of all heights, so it's not just a driver elevation thing. Oh, yeah, they're way brighter than they used to be. Yeah, definitely. And there's different kinds. Everyone had halogen headlights once upon a time, and now you don't necessarily, and they get brighter. And, and also, LEDs if, you swap, if you swap out your, what I, I found that if you swap out your LEDs, I'm sorry, if you swap out your halogen headlights for like an LED converter, you can actually make them blindingly bright by accident. It breaks all mm. kinds of rules. Yeah. Because, they, they, because the reflectors aren't the right way. So you can get a kit that'll do it, but you're not supposed to because that kit isn't designed to work with the reflectors and such in your existing headlight assembly. And it was fine with halogen bulbs, or if you got new halogen bulbs, but you put an LED in there and you blind the bejesus out of oncoming traffic, which 
it looks smart to you as the driver, but it's killing the person across from you. So that's also a problem. Also, there's more and more people just driving around with their brights on. What I live in a in a I live in San Francisco. I live in the suburbs now, and there's no reason ever in, in most of these areas for you to have your brights on. You, there's no reason in a city to have your brights on ever, unless you're get lost and you're in the middle of like the warehouse district <laughs> and yeah. you're the only oh, car yeah. around. The only and time people- I ever use them is like when I'm out in the middle of nowhere here. Like most of the time, even in New Hampshire, I don't have them on. It's just when I really get off to a side road, it's like, okay, I am in the deep, dark depths of the wilderness here. I need my high beams. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and they're just driving around with their brights on. You flash them. They don't care. They're just like, I don't care. I'm like, if you can't see, if you can't drive without your high, your high beams on, you shouldn't be driving. That's the rule. That, that makes sense. I mean, well, I mean, in, in rural areas, feelings, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, in, in rural areas, you know, it definitely makes sense uh, to drive with your, your high beams on, um, you know, especially you know, if you live someplace like around here or New Hampshire, where you've got mm. lots of lots of animals, deer, a lot and of stuff nothing. like that, you know, that are, you know, might be crossing the road in front of you or wild turkeys. You know, you want to see those things as soon as you can. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, most of the time you, you shouldn't need them. Fortunately, I mean, most modern cars have auto high beams anyway. So, you know, they will autom- they should automatically switch off, switch down to low beams as soon as they detect, you know, oncoming vehicles. Um, and then, you know, NHTSA did just finally approve a change to the, the, the headlight regulation allowing adaptive headlights. So we're going to start seeing those coming to market, you know, in the next year or so. And even some vehicles that are already on the road, like Audis and, and some others already have the ha- the hardware in place for adaptive head be- high beams, so they might actually be able to get uh, software updates that enable that, so that it'll automatically dim the lights. You know where you know so you'd have high beams on all around the cars that are approaching, but dim the lights right you know on the car itself, so you don't blind other drivers. Um, so and and can do all kinds of other cool stuff as well. Fancy stuff. Yeah. All right, last one from Al Beck. Uh, he asks about the uh, impact of the Ukraine war in the auto industry. Uh, will this impact the U.S. market? Which automakers are most exposed? Um, on the last part, I think Volkswagen perhaps, Group. Yeah, Volkswagen. Um, apparently, a lot of their wiring harnesses are built at a factory in the Ukraine, um, and they've had to pause a lot of production right now because they can't get their wiring harnesses. Um, but more generally, um, the other the other big things, the two main things that are going to be an impact, because there's not a lot of auto parts built in the Ukraine or, or in Russia. The two main things are supplies of palladium, uh, which predominantly come, right now at least, predominantly come from uh, Russia. Um, and that's used extensively in catalytic converters. Um, so you may find, we'll probably see thefts of catalytic converters uh, going up. Uh, as those prices go up. Uh, and then um, with uh, Ukraine, um, about 60% of the neon gas um, that's used globally is produced in the Ukraine. Um, and um, uh, neon is not generally used um, directly in automotive production, but it is used uh, for the lasers that are used for making semiconductors, making chips. So as if we didn't have enough problems with chip production, um, a lot of the neon that's used in chip production uh, is going to be um, unavailable for a while. So that's it for, uh, for this week. Thanks, everybody. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.